You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome to the Full 90 Extra Time Podcast, our weekly look into Seattle Sounders FC, nerdy soccer culture, the playoffs, playoffs, and an attempt to understand the hottest soccer league not funded by foreign royalty yet, MLS, definitely funded by multi-level marketing. We're your <laughs> hosts from Mornings on 107.7 and I'm Gregor, hi, and he's been in the locker room, on the pitch, and possibly making poop face from the sidelines with a smartphone this weekend, it's Brandon from the internet. Uh, it'll be too cold this week. I'll be making poop face in the press box. Ah, where you're not allowed to yell, but when you do, you get yelled at. Cool. <laughs> do us a quick solid. Click on through to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. Definitely five stars. Possibly four, but prim- primarily leave us a comment. We just want to know, a little twist for you, who your least favorite ever MLS player is. Yeah, from Blas Perez to Will Johnson, or apparently if you're Ari uh, Lillianwall um, and you say two people who are both equally hated, everybody will get up in your mentions with every other MLS player who's ever existed who they hate. Uh, the one that stood out for me, I don't remember his name, but the guy that slid tackle, slide tackled into uh, into Steve Zakawani? Yes. Mullen? Mullins? Yeah, yeah, Brian Mullen. Yeah, 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 that guy. Boy, Seattle fans. I feel, I, okay, side note, before we even get into the podcast. Yeah, let's I, just go I, right I, off to the side. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I've, I've always not hated Brian Mullen because Steve Zakawani was cool with the guy. Steve Zakawani is like, yeah, that kind of stuff happens. It's a freak accident in soccer. Yeah. You know, I can't, I'm not going to fault you for it. And Steve's cool with the guy and Steve's a cool guy. So if Steve's cool with the guy, then I'm cool with the guy. Yeah. I don't have a problem with them, but like people do not let go of the past sometimes. And that's also, shout outs to Steve Zakawani, who's apparently coming out of retirement to go play in some jabronis rec league. What? Yeah, he said uh, on Twitter, he put out, uh, coming out of retirement, I'm not reading it verbatim, but he said, coming out of retirement uh, only to play in somebody's rec league, hit me up if you want me to play. Fair warning, I will not track pack or play defense. <laughs> oh, so he's going to Sounds about right. Freddie Montero, got it. Yeah. <laughs> or Roma Torres. I'm coming out of retirement to play in any men's co-ed league, preferably indoor. Salary demands. Weekly post-game glass of Coke with no ice. Serious? Is that weird? Is that normal? Is that weird? Is That's, it weird to have ice and coke? Is this a trap? I don't. I don't know. I feel like some Steve knock twice if you're safe. <laughs> that was that was his safe word. Anyway, that's crazy. Uh, I have a question to ask you about your yeah. own endeavors as a athlete. Um, my body, I went out of town for a week and carried around a toddler everywhere. And then like for the last two weeks that I've been home, my body hurts going up and down the stairs. I'm old. Okay, I get it. But then I look at you, and you biked like something like 240 miles in one day, <laughs> and I'm like, no, 
how how the hell are you still functional? No, the I I did uh, I did sixty miles I think on Saturday. Same same thing uh, same thing. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I don't know how many, how much is that in Canadian? Maybe it's four hundred. Four twenty. Yeah. <laughs> I uh no, I've been trying to get back into cycling. I used to uh I used to ride my bike a lot. I rode from Seattle to San Francisco back in uh 2013 and it's something that I feel like I probably talk about too much and people probably think like oh Brandon's going to tell that story again. Um <laughs> and uh so since then I basically got off the bike after I got back from San Francisco and never rode it for the next like 5 years except for very occasionally. And so I'm trying to get back into it and, uh, I would like to race next summer. So I've kind of started to try to join this team and, um, I was riding with the casual folks of this team, not even the competitive folks on this team. So while 60 miles looks impressive, the, uh, way in which I rode those 60 miles was less than stellar. <laughs> now <laughs> I was, I was like having to get guys to, to push me at certain intervals. And I was, I was gassed. I did not eat enough food. I'm very bad at the nutrition side of things. Wow. Um, so it's like, oh, I had uh, half of a granola bar in the morning. I should be set to ride my bike for four hours. Not true. <laughs> now, here's the thing, Brandon, that um, first of all, I, uh, I have a co-worker, Matt McAllister from the Morning Wolf Pack. Uh, we share, a, we work in the same building and we share a wall. And so he is about, I'd say about six one, probably 160. He's like- Yeah, a, he's a tall boy. He's tall, but he's a beanpole. And he's a cyclist. He's out yeah, there. I've seen I've seen some of his stuff. And so I saw him, like a cool picture of him when he was competing over the summer, and he was like, "Well, the season's over." And I was like, "I kind of want to come out and take photographs of his team." And he was like, "Yeah, we could always use more promotional stuff to help get sponsorship and whatnot." whatnot. Okay, great. But now I'm conflicted because if you're gonna do it, I'd much rather help your team out. <laughs> but I also don't want to play favorites. But I mean, we're kind of like not at work friends, so yeah. that like is different than us ha- the, than McAllister and I having that awkward talking about like at racing. work thing yeah, you have to, yeah 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 he like, clearly doesn't actually like me but just like is nice to me because i'm like <laughs> oh you're also him. tall <laughs> yeah like oh hello fellow tall um, but anyway it's uh so like i'd like to they actually kind of said they might he might get me some money for it so i don't know we'll see let's see what you're, you're, so, no, so now you so now you're like bargaining me against him yeah, i have I, to I, how much money did he offer you how much more do i have to offer you in order come, for you what it comes down to is, for your friendship what is our friendship worth to you <laughs> 420 yeah boy <laughs> Woo! Uh, so anyway um i'm i'm uh very impressed that you could ride 60 miles on a bicycle that's incredible um i worry that you're gonna have to take the nutrition seriously if you're gonna race because those racers are like they look dangerously like hollywood actress thin it's like let, let's put it this way uh just to just to put a bow on the who you should take pictures of yeah Based on the way that I described my ride and how I was feeling, that is the last moment of my life I want photographed. <laughs> I know what your face looks like when you're concentrating on the sideline. <laughs> Except this time I was actually pooping. <laughs> this week, the But Can They Do It on a Cold Night in Seattle, Sounders FC take on the Right to Bear Pyramid Schemes FC Frisco in a battle for the You Realize Cobra is the Bad Guy, Right? cup oh it's called the playoffs and we're looking forward to this new system in mls where they finally started treating it like the playoffs in every other civilized league in the universe wow what do you know a fixed uh what's it called like the single elimination or but what's the, the it's not a grid 
bracket. Oh, it's a just fixed bracket. bracket. Yeah, yeah, where like it no longer is about who's the higher seed after the first round. It's like what seed were you when you came in? That's what you're going to be when you when we move through it. Okay, whatever. Anyway, um, before we get to what's going to happen this weekend, I just want to go over some of the things that happened in the last week because there's been a lot of fun stuff. Specifically, if you're a Sounders fan and you like soccer on the international level, Jordan Morris had a real standout uh, international break. Yeah, he, he, Jordan and Christian Roldan both got called up to the U.S. national team to play in two of the, what is it, the the CONCACAF Nations League, which is this whole new thing across the world with FIFA where basically they turn all of the different regions into leagues and then you can be promoted and relegated from your league. I don't, it's it's insane. Um, anyway, so Jordan Morris and, and Christian Roldan both started in the match against Cuba. And I would say that Christian Roldan had a good match, but Jordan Morris had a goal and three assists in the first half. Oof. And he forced an own goal off of a Cuban defender's face. <laughs> you were very excited about that on Twitter. It made me excited. I didn't watch the match. and I was like, what's going on here? It was it's it was it was fun to watch because uh, Jordan Morris was playing very well. So were the rest of the national team because all of Cuba's best players defected over the last few years. And the only I think there was only one player on the Cuban national team who was playing in that match who plays outside of Cuba, but not against the will of his national federation. So basically, long story short, all of the Cuban players. Basically, every time they come to the United States to play, half of them, like, I mean, Ozzy Alonso is, a, is an example of this. He came to the States to play with the national team and uh, defected inside of a Walmart in Florida. Oh, brilliant. And that's how he became, um, well, now he's an American uh, citizen and um, is, well, is eligible for the U.S. national team, probably won't play. Anyway, all that is to say that Cuba has a hard time keeping talent on their team. And so... While you can't take a bunch away from the U.S. soccer, uh, the U.S. national team seven nothing win over <laughs> Cuba, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's awesome for Jordan Morris to go out there and just run rampant over the team. Just get results. And for Christian Roldan to play well. And then that wasn't the only good news for old Jordan Morris. Uh, yeah, it, Jordan Morris. It just came out. I think it was today that MLS put out the end of season award nominees. Um, basically, a bunch of that you know who's going to be the MVP, who's going to be defender of the year. Well, Jordan Morris was one of three who was named uh, or nominated for the MLS Kim Kardashian Comeback Player of the Year. <laughs> wait, a, wait a second. <laughs> what is Kim Kardashian doing in there? We can't. We we can't talk about the comeback on Kim, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Not on this podcast. Ew. How about Rui Diaz? <laughs> Uh, and then also in those nominations, Raul Ruiz Diaz was nominated for goal of the year. This one's a little bit different because they just take all of the uh, goals of the week and put them head to head against each other, I think. Um, and you can vote for your favorite. And Ruiz Diaz, that four touch, like off the forehead, flick over the guy, sombrero, which turns out isn't racist. And then volley <laughs> past the goalkeeper goal uh, was nominated. But what is a travesty is that uh, Christian Roldan both of those crazy goals that he had in back-to-back weeks where he uh, one was a half volley from outside the box and the other one was literally identical to it. Neither of those won goal of the week because of, um, well, I'm not going to blame the Russians, but there was bot voting on MLSsoccer.com and Christian Roldan lost both of those to, you know, pretty pedestrian Atlanta United goals. So Christian Roldan snubbed, even though he probably had one of the goals of the season, but Raul Ruiz Diaz up there, and that one's open to fan vote. So you can go uh, to MLSsoccer.com and vote for him. If Ruiz Diaz and his beautiful eyelashes don't win, I don't know what to do. There were some good goals this year, but that one, that one 
again, we said it before, we'll say it again, as top three in Sounders history. Wait, was the Zlatan Karate one this season or was that last season? I think that was last season. I It's been so long, I have really no idea. Despite the fact that the season is a whole three weeks shorter this year, I still can't. It's been so much soccer, it's crazy, so... Uh, well, congrats to to Jordan, uh, excuse me, Mercer Island's own jo- Jordan Morris for the nomination there. I can't imagine a guy who's had a crazier comeback season than Jordan Morris returning from knee surgery to be that important in the first part and now the latter part of the season. There's a little hiccup was, in the middle, but uh, one of the guys that Jordan Morris is up against is Mark Anthony K, who plays for LAFC, uh, and Jordan Morris. What he's nominated for is tearing his AC or his what was it, his ACL. What, what, the back of the knee one uh, yeah. against uh, his knee uh, blew up. Yeah, against Santa Tecla in, in, at the beginning of last year, missed the entire season, came back in his first match after the uh, after sitting out for a full season, scores two goals, has one of his best goal scoring seasons of the year, has been playing outstanding over the last few matches. Basically, what Mark Anthony K is coming back from is being <laughs> at soccer. <laughs> I mean, he had an injury in there, but it was nothing to the extent that Jordan Morris suffered. So, I not that anybody who gets to vote for these things, which is like prominent men- members of the media uh, and other, I think, players in the league get to vote for this as well. Not that any of those people listen to this podcast, but I just feel like it should be noted that Jordan Morris deserves this more than anybody, probably more than anybody has deserved this award in a long time. That's amazing. That's it's great to hear that the competition is like that. Let's just be glad that the people commenting on Instagram don't get to vote because he would never win. Well, here's the, I'm worried because some of the early, you know how in baseball Hall of Fame voting, the some some journalists will put out their votes publicly. Yeah. Some some MLS journalists have been doing that so far and they're voting for K. And I don't understand it, and that's why I think that I'm all up in a tizzy. Lillian Wall! <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, so J-Mo, Raul, Rui Diaz with some positives there. Um, we touched on a little bit the U.S. men's national team. Anything else other than Jordan Morris that we can get to? Yeah, a bunch of guys on the Sounders were playing with their national teams. Uh, Jovan Jones was with Trinidad and Toboggan, uh, but he did not play. Brad Smith was with with Australia. He did not play. Jordi DeLem played center back for Martinique. I don't know why, but that happened. Uh, (laughs) Gustav Svensson was a sub for uh, a Sweden game, which they won four to nothing. He didn't do anything like goals or assists in that one. And then (sighs) you have Javier Arriaga. Tuck uh, or no tuck. He plays for uh, he plays for for well Ecuador is the country that he's from. He plays for they got he was the starting center back and they got beat six to one by Argentina. So um, well I've not, got I've got not I've the got, best. I got it all worked out, Brandon. Jordi Delem to center back, Ariaga <laughs> to I don't know the left bench. <laughs> That's funny. What's the uh, men's warehouse? <laughs> <laughs> Because of the tuck shirt, I get it. Yeah, okay, good. Okay, I want to talk uh, Sierra for a second. Um, Sierra, yeah, okay. Uh, Danny C, I never know how to say his last name. You're Siasio. I used to call him Chachio, and I was wrong. Okay, well, Danny Siasio, one of the people that works for Seattle Sounders FC, posted a funny picture of... No, it's not a funny picture. It's just a very nice picture of Will Bruin and Sierra, or however you said it. Sierra? <laughs> Sierra, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Sierra! Or something like that. I don't know. Oh, yeah, because of the, that, that one song. Okay. I don't know that song. I am not hip to this at all. Will Bruin and her, she's wearing her Sounders FC jersey, looking cool. But then she's got blue pants on that are like the color of the Sounders shorts. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, Sierra, are you full kit right now? <laughs> Sierra, full kit wanker. 
<laughs> I like want to call her and be like, yo. <laughs> so anyway. uh, I'm, I'm, I had to go look at the picture and you were, you were like spot on. Yeah. See, right. It's, <laughs> it's dangerous. It's, Someone's got to call her. It happened. It, it looks like I, I'm looking at the picture. It looks like it happened. Uh, that picture was taken after the last home match of the season. They do the fan appreciation thing. Yeah. And I can't tell how this interaction happened like did did will bruin walk up to sierra and was like i'm a fan i appreciate you or did sierra walk up to will bruin and go like who's not in a kit and go you look like a dad can i take a picture with you <laughs> he was over there going like meow 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 excuse me sir are you meowing like a cat meow 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 oh me he was he was uh he was swirling his swiveling swirling swiveling swiveling his hips and singing my goodies <laughs> She's like, that's a solid cover let's get a picture of this <laughs> he's like i'm will bruin <laughs> okay i don't know why we're making fun of will bruin i love will bruin he's like i my know f- me too he's he like, just he's like my he favorite just looks like the most like if he, he looks like the guy that him outside of chad marshall who now retired so he he gets to fill this spot he looks like the guy that if you plucked him out of the uniform and put him in the middle of like south lake union amazon country you'd just be like yeah that guy works here <laughs> Or like if you just put him into like a Home Depot and he was like, just picking up some paint, you'd be like, yeah, of course. I mean, everyone can shop at Home Depot. That's not a problem. But tear off the bottom pants, the bottom part of those tear away cargo shorts, bud. So Sierra's had some style for quite a minute. And then I see that and I'm like, is this a terrible mistake or is it a coincidence or what? But someone's got to talk to her about that. Not us. Don't. (laughs) Not us. Do not add her either. If Sierra wants to come on the show, you know. Go ahead. Yeah, 100%. I'm all in. Also, um, today's a big holiday. The, at the time of recording this, we got a huge holiday. It, yes, it is It is a massive holiday that I didn't realize until this morning. <laughs> that um, and it, and it, Which is sad because there's somebody... Close to our heart. Some, something in particular that I, that I wanted to honor and pay attention to. Yeah. Today is uh, Canadian Thanksgiving Day, and I want to wish a heartfelt... Happy Canadian Thanksgiving Day to our good friend, Turf Boney. Gobble, gobble, Turf Boney. <laughs> Do they eat turkey on Thanksgiving? Uh, I talked to someone about it today, actually. And so what f- I first found out about Canadian Thanksgiving when the Head and the Heart came in to talk about their new album. And it was Jonathan Russell, John Russell, the singer, and Josiah Johnson, one of the songwriters back in that time. He's now since left the band. And we were talking about Thanksgiving coming up, and he was like, well, I just celebrated Thanksgiving. And I'm like, you are an insane person. <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 Canadian Thanksgiving happens on October 14th. And I was like, "I again, you're crazy. You're making this up. He's like, no, no, no. They have some sort of like, their gravy is different, and it's like way better, I guess. And so he told me that I have to go to Canada and try and get some Canadian gravy. And it's like they make their own packet for it. And like you can buy like packet Canadian gravy. I'm in. Do you think you eat like uh, because one thing I love I I love poutine. I yeah, love it. Sure. And the gravy is better. Yeah, I agree. And if, that, if it's just that gravy, Whew. then shoot, American Thanksgiving sucks. Can you add turkey to poutine? Um. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> done. We done. We are. We are doing that. Do you want to celebrate a, a, a think, a Canadian Thanksgiving Day right now, dude? Next year for the full ninety extra time podcast, we'll celebrate Canadian Thanksgiving Day. Do you think we could get Turf Boney on the pod? Yeah, absolutely. If, <laughs> as long as it's not busy Turf Boneying the turf, I guess. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, the Whitecaps won't be in the playoffs. <laughs> they might not be in the league. <laughs> Whew. Uh, and, and lastly, uh, for, well, well, happy Thanksgiving Day. Yes. Um, and lastly, I want to uh, I want to give a shout out to our buddy Scuba Steve and everybody else who told us about this. 
that is scuba steve sent us a tweet uh from somebody else who said well they posted the current world population which is seven billion six hundred ninety six million nine hundred sixty nine thousand four hundred twenty so it's seven billion six nine six nine six nine four twenty happy canadian thanksgiving <laughs> brandon did all right, time to put on your big kid pants and your big kid stretch pants after all the turkey. There we go. Let's talk about this coming week of soccer. Match 35 of 34, Seattle Sounders FC. Welcome FC Frisco to CenturyLink Field for a noon 30 affair on Saturday. Give it that full 102%. Firstly, let's talk about the new system. Yeah. There's a new playoff system in place. And previously, the season wouldn't even be over by now. So the season is ending three weeks earlier than it normally would. So, in other seasons, you would do a home and away series against the team that you were paired up against. And so you'd do an aggregate, and it would change the strategy. Well, they've switched to something much more like an NFL-style playoff system, where now it's single elimination, which then pr- that gives you the priority to get that second-place finish like Seattle did to have home field advantage unless you play the number one team, in which case it gets really interesting. The season ends three weeks earlier. But it also means that they're trying to get through it between two international breaks. So we just had one. We talked about all the action for the U.S. men's national team and the other teams that Sounders FC players represent. Then there's another one that begins in mid-November. So between those two times, you're trying to get the full playoff and MLS Cup championship in. This is so good because you don't get leave leave the season stranded with an 11-day gap in the middle or whatever. It does mean, however, though, if you make it to the playoffs, should you make it all the way to the conference finals, you're playing three matches in 10 days. So the strategy is different this time. You're not worried so much about each leg of it and what's going to happen. Now you've got to put everything on the line, but as soon as you see maybe an advantage or like you might be advancing, then you have to make decisions based on the game that's just four days away, which is... Crazy and awesome, and I think it's going to be really exciting. How are you feeling about this three-week stretch of playoffs happening? It's, well, I will say that the Sounders are going to be completely familiar with playing so many matches in so few of days. They, I think a couple weeks ago or, or last week, we talked about how the Sounders had played five times They'd played three games in eight days, so three games in ten days is going to feel like a breeze. Yeah, I mean, only half the number of hamstring injuries should uh, should happen. It's going to be interesting as well. Not playing the home and away series, I, I I like it a lot because it it really condenses the playoffs. The Sounders will play after day one. Um, you know, we're not waiting, and we we will wait for one more international break. I think, but. Um, we're not going to be going deep in December waiting to find out who the champion is. No, man. However, no, 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 not true. The first, oh, the first match is on the ni- the first set of matches are nineteen twenty. The next set of matches are twenty three twenty four, and the conference finals are twenty nine thirty. Followed by a um, November tenth MLS Cup, which is one day before the international break starts. So you're talking about the playoffs happening in less or just over three weeks when there's a gap of four weeks between international breaks. Gosh, this is so much better than I thought it was. Yeah, man, it's like you don't get that huge gap in between. What you're talking about here is that decision day where all the teams played at once a couple weekends ago. Between that and the end of the season is five weeks, which is still a really long time. But there's no action for, like, what, 12 days? Yeah. And so you get players resting and you get teams like ramping up for the playoffs, and then you don't have another big break where you get left at sea waiting for help. 
I, I don't know how you feel about this um, because with with all of this con- condensation, <laughs> with with putting all the games closer together and, and playing more games uh, more frequently, what I what I'm a little bit hesitant about is that when the sound the Sounders have benefited and have been the victims of the away goal rule in the past. Um, one thing that I that I am somewhat worried about is that the Sounders tend to play really well at least this season with their backs up against the wall single game elimination is one way to force you into that into that position right um but i think that uh i like i think i've always liked watching the first game knowing that no matter how they play there's a second game for them to you know work out the result so going into the 90th minute say down a goal or going into the 80th minute down a goal you're going to watch one team bunker down and you're going to watch another team just like trying everything. We've seen it time and time again. So I like the single game elimination because I think it will, you know, there's more on the line with every single match. The Sounders will be more for you're playing less games to get to the final. Ultimately, you're just playing them in a tighter conjunction, right? Part of me gets nervous having not seen it before. We've seen, we've seen the Sounders be a better team over 90 minutes and still lose games. And so I'm, 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 I think that that's the piece of the Sounders that worries me a little bit going into a single elimination game. Okay, so I look at, if you want to take it, what this team looks like on a week-to-week basis, I hear what you're saying. I look at the NFL, as I mentioned before, where like you're hoping that a crowd of 45,000 people is going to be what it takes to get your team an advantage. And then you watch Seattle Seahawks go on the road and play in minus 10 degrees Minnesota, and you see them pick apart Minnesota. It came down to bad field goal kicking, I understand. And then mm-hmm. we picked up that guy. Uh, but <laughs> you watch that happen, and it's not like, oh, well, we have the next leg to try and get it done. It's everything is on the line or the season is over right away. And it just feels like it incentivizes that season-long push. If you're going to do playoffs and you're going to make those um, – the spots the seeds count from the playoffs and you want every match to mean a little bit more during the season securing a second place and then having home field advantage with a home crowd advantage is huge for seattle whereas a team like fc dallas has to come play us they don't get that chance to represent at home where they're better oh for sure i think i think that if you're going to do single game elimination uh this is the sounders are in the most beneficial spot it just, that anybody it just could be that, outside of lafc yeah right? it's just that grind it shows that like with that grind you, it pays off you get some sort of benefit at the for end sure. and so i right, think the sounders not only being in a good position because of that are in a great position considering their opponent as well dallas is what seventh seed they've lost almost as many games as they've won this season they they won 13 they lost 12 so that this is a team batting almost 500 yeah. right or a little bit better than 500 yeah so on top of that dallas has only won one time in seattle they're 11 1 and 3 against seattle uh in while playing at CenturyLink field or um the 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 quest field i suppose <laughs> as, as long as they the only time that they've ever won in seattle was in 2011 uh, so the, Brett the sounders Shea goal was such garbage i hate that guy it's it's bull uh, but i think that i think that the sounders couldn't be looking at a better opponent but at the same time dallas is going to come in with a chip on their shoulder knowing their all-time results i mean what was it 20 2015 when the sounders uh went on to mls win mls cup uh dallas was the team that they knocked out at home uh, or they didn't knock them out at home. They knocked them out the second leg, I think, in Dallas, but neither here nor there. Uh, 
Dallas is a team that historically has a bad run when they're facing Sounders in the playoffs in Seattle. It's because of that crowd. You get the ECS going full bore, and then you get everyone else going nuts. And that's when the pressure is on in the playoffs and you have to play in Seattle, it's going to be tough. You have to be a team that plays in big matches all the time to even have uh, – you look at the crowds when you see FC Dallas at home – FC Frisco, excuse me – at home – and they have 95 people there, and so mm-hmm. they're never getting up for big games. So it's different when you send a fartland up to Seattle to try and play because they're up for big games all the time because of the atmosphere that their crowd creates. Yep. But a team that tra- that has no home support that travels up here to play, and you have to play against all that crowd, it's not something that you're used to the same way you would be if you had that home crowd at your back so it'll be really interesting I think it's a huge advantage a single elimination for Seattle means big stuff and then I don't know who you face after that I'm not going to look into it right now but like it's, you start looking oh, into it and you have that home field advantage again and you know hopefully you make it through and you're facing a big team at the end it would be a lot of fun so yeah. cool and just to just to answer that, I mean, if the Sounders do make it through this, it's either Portland or Salt Lake coming to Seattle. Yeah, kind of so, like kind of that West Coast rivalry. Yeah, yeah, so, and and well, in the Sounders playoffs, uh, chances against either of those teams winning Seattle is a little bit more iffy than it is against uh, FC Dallas. How exciting, right? They've got yeah. fans that travel, and it like it just it puts more on the line. And as a sporting fan. I want to see the best, most exciting games as a homer for the home team. I want to see Seattle <laughs> beat everybody. So I'd like we, the, the easier opponent every time, but like it really is exciting, especially for the league to be able to bring. And, and I think I need to be a little bit more fair to the Sounders. This year, I mean, we might owe a lot of people a lot of apologies by the end of the season, uh, but because you know we had an Will entire Bruin. podcast where we – I wouldn't say doubted, but we questioned whether or not Brian Schmetzer was going to be hey, uh, the the right coach. Hold on. What we did is we pointed out what was going on, and we sure. asked the question, is Schmetzer up for it? And he proved us, like, not wrong, but he, like, answered that question for us. So I, We, I, we I, asked I, a question that all of I, the internet was asking. It wasn't sure. the wrong question. It was the right question, and he gave us the answer we were hoping for. I feel that same way until I, I also uh, learned the stat that not once this season did the Sounders drop below playoff the playoff line. Yeah. And we were questioning him, meaning that when I look back at it, we were questioning him when the Sounders were, yes, on a downward trajectory, but, uh, you know, never, ever went be- be- below the threshold. And we were at times questioning whether this, the, this would be the first season that the Sounders did not qualify for the MLS postseason. So, the, I mean, when I get to the why I feel like we, we need to apologize is because I think sometimes I, I maybe, maybe we're just expecting more from this team, but... What all this is to say is that as we go into the first the the single elimination leg in uh, the MLS postseason this year, the Sounders, despite all of these great statistics, playing above the playoff line all season, um, never dropping below, uh, being consistent, again not playing in a way that's giving us fans a lot of confidence in in their ability going into a must win match. I think that there's been a lot of matches this season that we might have considered must win or we might have considered. Uh, that you know, this would be a statement win if the Sounders would go in and lift their heads up after a, a defeat or after a rough match. Uh, and and there's been multiple times where I feel like we've been let down this season, despite wherever they might be in the in the standings. Um, so I think that as they roll into the postseason, um, I don't know how you feel. I don't know how the fans out there are feeling, but for me, I think that the Sounders can get it done. But I'm a little bit unsure. 
FC Frisco from Dallas is coming off a 6-0 win over Sporking Kansas City. Now, Sounders lost both matches to Sporking this season unnecessarily. What a disaster that team was, and to give up two big losses is crazy. That means FC Frisco is coming in with a little bit of momentum. Not a lot, because they were also on a slide for the second half of the season there, but just a, just a win of that caliber is going to be big for them. What? Yeah, even even though it was like three weeks ago at this point or whatever it was. Yeah, sure. But I mean, that's the last, like, that's the freshest memory you got, I sure. guess. Sure, yeah, yeah. I want to know when we're watching the match, because I can't remember week to week, who on FC Dallas is that player we're going to be watching for, and who is the person that's going to have to step up to stop them to make that play? Yeah, I think um, it will... It, it's 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 interesting because the last two times that the Sounders played uh, Dallas this season uh, didn't go great. Uh, but I think both of those times we would have picked somebody else to be the villain or somebody else to be the guy to watch out for. Neither of those times I think was this person who I'm about to say uh, I don't think he was even on the team in either of those previous matches. No, he he might have been in the September match, but um, not at least before that. His name I'm going to butcher it. It's uh, Czech. I think his name is Zdenek. Ondrasek. Yeah, I think that's pretty close, man. <laughs> yeah, they call him um they call him Cobra, so I'm going to go with that as much as I hate it. Uh so he is uh at least a lot of FC Dallas fans are giving him credit for being the reason they are a playoff bound team. Re- remember, they only snuck in at 7th place in the West, which means they they occupied that very last spot uh, and they had to do that on decision day. Yes, they did it with a statement 6 nothing win over Sporting Kansas City. He is at least being credited by their fans with with having a huge hand in in their success over the second half of the season. Uh, even more than that, he made he just made his full he's 30 years old, right? At this point a lot of players have given up. If they've not been called up for the national team, they've given up on that chance. He just got called up to make his full national team debut for the Czech Republic wow. uh, against England, of all teams, in uh, the UEFA Nations League qualifiers, uh, whatever, again, whatever the hell that tournament is. And he scored an 86th-minute winner against England for the upset. Um, and and then and then just I think yesterday or it might have been even today he played against Northern Ireland as a substitute and as a substitute got two assists in the span of one minute. Wow! <laughs> so if you want to look at a player on form, it's going to be Zdenek Andrasek or whatever uh, yeah, Cobra. Yeah. So and, is that a, and he's going to be the guy uh, that the Sounders should be watching out for. Is that a Christian Roldan job? Is that a Gustav Svensson who's coming back from international duty? Like is that? man marking to try and stop this guy from being that assist playmaker or the goal scorer? I think it's going to mean a lot out of the Sounders defense uh, staying organized. I think it's going to... I'm curious to see how uh, Brian Schmetzer lines up the center back pairing uh, against Dallas because you've got Ariaga is going to be back from suspension. Um, you know, he hasn't had a stellar season against FC Dallas. He got an own goal in his first match. I think it was his debut against FC Dallas and then a red card in the Sounders nil-nil draw against them. So um, he might be looking for a little bit of redemption, but Roman Torres is back. Uh, Ariaga is back. Kim Ki-hee has been playing well as of late. So um, I think it's going to come down to the center back pairing being totally locked in because uh, they scored six goals against Kansas City. This guy's on fire. So I think Dallas is feeling it right now. And um, the Sounders' main gaps have come between that communication between center backs. And so I think that they're going to have to be, I don't know whoever it is. I don't know if it's if it's down to one man, but I think it's going to come back, come down to that partnership. Can I just say that I've never been more stoked to have Roman Torres on the team <laughs> than since before he had that big knee injury. I'm like... 
I'm so pumped that he got that goal in the last match and that he's like feeling fired up and that he's coming back strong and that we're going to have somebody that's a big game player. Like yeah, and Robot he had Torres. a massive game. He had a massive game. Uh, he shows in that up for it, man. He's there for it, and it's like Absolutely. that's really exciting to have that type of personality. And then if you can, if he could play consistently and give Kim the confidence to play really well, to have a big match out of them or a, like a couple big matches, hopefully, would be um, really critical in order to stop because like it only gets harder from there, obviously. So. Um, all right, well, Sounders FC coming off of back-to-back 1-0 wins, which is great. I mean, it's not high scoring. It's not Raul Ruiz Diaz didn't have exactly like a huge goal season or anything like that, and there wasn't Will Bruin didn't do much because he got hurt, and so there wasn't like a big goal scorer, but having two wins to power you into the first round of the playoffs can be really good. The defense just has to play really well, which has been the total story of the 2019 season. Whew. I think I think something I've been learning a lot lately watching MLS, watching the Premier League, uh, watching other sports is that, uh, especially even watching the Seahawks as of late, good teams will find a way to win. The Sounders might not look like an LAFC. They might not look like the best team that's ever played in the, in the league, but they have been finding ways to win when it counts. And they worked their way into second place in the Western Conference, despite what we were saying, having kind of a shaky season, at least in our eyes. Um, so I'm really excited to see them go into the playoffs. I think that they're going to get something out of it. I think so, too. I think, again, the big names like uh, like uh, Roman Torres can get it done. You keep Nico Ladero playing really well. Jordan Morris. Like, There's too many guys at the in the midfield and at the front for the Sounders that you, if you're a defense, you have to keep your eyes on, that if they can press and then have like a pretty solid defense like it's going to be like Jordan Morris is coming back from international duty feeling like a million bucks hopefully and, w- and with a Joven Jones who's even been coming into form in the last couple matches after we made fun of him for like three matches straight <laughs> and not just us I mean the entire world was real the soccer world was real upset with him and he seems to have gotten it together so I mean he was he was integral in the in the Sounders uh, MLS Cup run so I think that if they can get him playing at that level again I mean who knows this anything is possible TLDL, too long, didn't listen. Uh, yeah, too long, didn't listen. Don't be a full kit wanker, Sierra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if you do, at least have all the money and be married to Russell Wilson, who could beat our faces in, like, no problem. <laughs> TLDL, too long, didn't listen. Got to get that Canadian gravy. <laughs> all right, where uh, are you watching the match, Brandon? Uh, I'm going to be apparently watching the match, and sorry, I should have told you that I can't use that ticket. I just found out I'm going to be watching the match from the stats booth in the press box. I hate you. I don't I'm hate sorry. you. That's uh, sorry. That's not very nice. I would love to go to the match with you, but they're in a they're in a tough spot because I think the Sounders are playing at the same time as the Huskies, and there's just a, they they kind of split a lot of game day staff, I think, and so sure. uh, they are skeleton crew, which I get to be the I don't know femur spooky scary skeletons <laughs> with goth loggerway. <laughs> That'll never get old for me. We gotta come up. It's it's almost Halloween. We gotta come up with the spooky. Maybe after. Maybe if we make it through the next one, we'll we'll do a Halloween episode. Oh, we get into our office episode. Ah, well, we'll do it next time. Take a look at your Crystal Pepsi ball for this upcoming match. A big one. The playoffs match thirty-five of thirty-four. Seattle Sanders FC versus FC Frisco CenturyLink Field Saturday at noon thirty. It could not be nicer. That it's at noon 30. Thank you, soccer gods. Also, no football lines on the field. Excellent stuff. What do you see in that big matchup for the first round of the playoffs, Brandon? If I look into my uh, uh, orally generated Crystal Pepsi ball full of 
sugar and caramelized yeah, whatever. Gravy. Yeah, yeah, crystal gravy. It's your crystal, crystal gravy, gravy ball. Oh, the crystal gravy ball. <laughs> That's probably way more accurate than the crystal Pepsi ball because <laughs> well, it's in the metric system. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I'm going to give the Sounders a 3 nothing win with goals from Morris, Ladero, and Rui Diaz. I'm, I'm, I want to play the hits. I love the sound of that. I'm going to go with something safe and easy, Brandon. I'm going to say FC Fresco 1, Seattle Sounders 69. <laughs> what is that in American? 420. <laughs> 